everybody, and welcome to the Overtime Show. This is the show that we do on Radio Free Brooklyn every so often where we talk about sports, esports, and the role of art in society. I am Colby Smith. I will be your host for this installment. And I just want to say that I started 2020 on Young Persons Radio, on Radio Free Brooklyn, and I thought to myself, the only way I want to start this thing is by sitting in the studio with Tim Keck talking about our predictions for the year. And now we're coming full circle on the show yet again. We saw 2020 dawn with Tim Keck, and we're closing it out with Tim Keck. Welcome him back to the show. Hey, Colby! Good God, feels good to see that. I tell good you what, God, I have been a wreck all day in anticipation <laughs> of ending the year the way we started with the sweet satisfaction of podcasting together. <laughs> God bless America. God bless Colby Smith, and God bless Young Persons Radio. Oh, it feels good. It feels good <laughs> to be back, Tim. This is where oh, I, I think, feel great. This is where I think our lives were leading. <laughs> it was all leading towards this moment, this sweet serendipity. So you and me doing a show that's not even my regular show. <laughs> On the airwaves of the best goddamn nonprofit independent radio station based in Bushwick you could imagine. Colby, any show where the two of us get together is anything but regular. <laughs> It's extraordinary, my friend. That's right. You're so right about that, dude. <laughs> we, you and me, we are a cut above the rest. Dude, we're not even peanut butter and jelly because everyone has peanut butter and jelly. We're peanut butter and honey. Fuck that. We're like hot sauce and honey on a hamburger pizza from Domino's, man. We don't make any sense, but somehow it works and I'm going to eat another one. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to keep up this frantic radio energy. The entire time. Speaking in tidbits, drive-by radio. Guys, the Miami Heat last night dropped a, dropped a ton of buckets on whatever. I already petered out. I'm petering <laughs> out. I can't keep this pace the whole time, but I am excited. God, I am excited. I am thriving right now, Colby Smith. I'm I know. living my best life in Florida. The, 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 the salt water has entered my bloodstream. It is flowing throughout my body i feel empowered better than i've ever felt and i just want to share that with the world absolutely i'm very glad that you started here because if you weren't going to say it i was going to say it i'm going to say <laughs> we are capturing tim part of the reason why i wanted to have you on the show now is that we're capturing tim at a moment where florida's favorite sun is back on its tender shores oh yeah i am the opposite of superman how kryptonite makes him weak florida my home planet Makes me strong. <laughs> it makes him strong. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at Tim on the Zoom, and I'm actually seeing that his hairline has moved down his forehead. <laughs> it's like he's, like, aging backwards in front of my very eyes. Oh, uh, I looked at my license plate, and the year changed. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my driver's license is what I meant to say. I'm just so yeah. fired up. I even drove a car while I was here, Cole. We haven't done that in a year. Do you I miss shot a bunch driving? of guns. I went kayaking. Oh, Colby, I love driving. Yeah, I love you and driving. I, you too. know, you're another road dog like yeah. me. Let me tell we you get this. out on the open road. We oh, nothing better. Nothing Tim, better. Tim and I rarely see eye to eye. Almost never. <laughs> Almost. To a point 
that our relationship <laughs> makes no sense to anyone else. We? But you guys can't agree on a goddamn thing they say to us. We have, you guys have nothing in common. What do you even talk about? Is the question I get so often. And the thing I just keep coming back to is just like, we both love driving. <laughs> and if you have that in common with somebody, if you are lucky enough to find a kindred spirit, a, a fellow road warrior, God, that's a, that's a flame that never goes out. <laughs> That'll spark a million conversations. Yes. What are you listening to on the road? Where are you going? What are you driving? The list goes on. Colby, I could go on for days listening the listing the driving related topics that we can discuss. God, I mean, hours and hours and hours we fill discussing these things. I'll give you one. I'll give you one right now, buddy. What if I driven most recently? That my new favorite car in the goddamn world. Oh God! Feast your eyes. On a Chevy oh. Equinox. Oh, baby, the Equinox. So we're coming back from a little Thanksgiving travel, you know, to a, a, a contiguous state from New York. Very safe. Mm -hmm. Very safe to do. Very that. safe. That's another thing me and Colby agree on 100%. When we Safety. drive, a lot of people are like, these guys are road dogs. They're out there speeding. They're, they're taking risks. They're, none of their passengers have seatbelts on. Nay, sir. Nay. Safety is the number one priority of any true road dog. I, I, I was the first one who said that all driving is is just a series of glances in the mirror. <laughs> mirror one, mirror two, mirror three. You start the whole thing over again. Yes, the big three. So we're driving back, and we go to the we go to the to the the, the budget rent a car. I'll say it. I'll say it. We go, we use budget. We uh, make this trip. oh man, I didn't think you were gonna say it. <laughs> it's like, is he gonna say it? Is he gonna say it? All the <laughs> is he gonna say what company they use? Is he gonna say it? Oh God, money is changing hands right now. <laughs> One of the many <laughs> is this the episode where Cole finally reveals the rental car company of choice. <laughs> so, oh god, I go to the budget thing, and yeah. I go in there. I go in there, and uh, there's no line, of course. Um, and I go in there. Of I course, go, you know why? Because <laughs> they take care of their customers. That's exactly. People aren't waiting right. in line there. God damn, you will never see a line in a budget rent the car and it's not because people aren't trying to get in there it's because they got in they got out and they're on the road like a real dog that's exactly right uh so this is going to be the longest story you've ever told my friend <laughs> and i promise you that this will be the entire podcast we will milk look, this one anecdote about you renting this car for the entire show look if if it means that the good people at the budget rent a car finally get their due We'll yeah. bleed this into next week. I don't care. I'll do an episode I was not planning on doing. <laughs> I thought this was going to be the last one for the year, but it turns out we need more than 59 minutes of airtime to talk about how good the budget rent-a-car people are. It's the beginning of a new series. We'll just interview people from budget rent-a-car. <laughs> yeah. So go in. They're like... What's the name on the rental? And I say, uh, I say Smith. And immediately the woman goes, Colby? 
Wow. And I was like, yeah. Dude. <laughs> and then she was like, uh, oh, you know, it's funny. The, the person who checked in before you was Smith. And I, I just saw your name uh, in the system a minute ago. Uh, so, you know, I had it right away. And I said, you know, charming fucker that I am. I said, oh, man, I said, well, that's amazing because I thought you had the fastest computer in the world. <laughs> oh, Colby Smith with a zinger off the top rope. Look, God, I bet she I bet look, she had trouble catching her breath after that I one. Look, oh, my God. She I know, was doubled over. I know. I know. Gasping that you, for air. That poor woman. Look, you put her through the ringer. Have I done? Have I done better work in my life? Absolutely. Have I made better jokes to customer service representatives? Of course. You wouldn't be able to tell from the reaction that this woman had to this pretty, <laughs> pretty middling line at best. Uh, uh, this she cackles, Tim. She throws her head back <laughs> and cackles. The rest of the time is just very, it's very, you know, it's very humdrum. It's just like, do you want the insurance? You know, are you going to add any drivers? Blah, blah, blah. We get to the end and she says, I kid you not. She goes, I gave you a little something. <laughs> right? oh. She bumps me up. I ordered a compact. I get a midsize and it oh, is God. a beautiful, a pristine Chevy Equinox. That is, Equinox. it is the best driving experience I have had since my high school car, a 2005 Nissan Altima, that people are well aware on this show that that is what my high school car was. But this thing, this thing changed the game for me. I was like, you know, cause usually you drive a car of that size, you kind of feel it, you know, you like feel mm -hmm. the extra weight. No, 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 not with the Equinox, baby. I am rising and setting with that thing. I could not be more jealous of you. <laughs> Your driving experience, Cole. First off, great story. Thank you. <laughs> Second, Thank man, you. the Equinox. You see the commercials. You know, I would not, if I'm listing my top, whatever, 20, 30, 40 cars that I think about buying or even driving or even looking at or, or spending any time talking yes. about with a friend, <laughs> Chevy Equinox would not be on that list. Nope. Top 60, maybe. Top 70, no. Sure. 80, maybe. Uh, but, but boy, you've really changed my mind around this. I'm all in on the Chevy Equinox. I'm going to buy some Chevy stock tonight. It shot to the top of the list for me after that one drive. So what is it about it specifically that, oh. that gets your goat, that really gets you rolling on the road? Well, what do you like about butter, Tim? Oh, well, when I get butter, it's on a roll. <laughs> I mean, that's good. <laughs> What do I like about butter? Uh, geez, that it... Uh... It's smooth, baby. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's yellow. That's like one of the things I like about butter. A lot of people say smooth as silk, but when have you ever touched silk? <laughs> butter is a way more accessible metaphor. Silk, the fabric of royalty? Not on my pauper's salary. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Anyway, Chevy, Chevy Equinox, uh, everybody should check it out. <laughs> everybody should check out this car. Everyone Tim should check out. Sponsoring today's episodes of YPR. Yeah, oh well, man, I wish. If they gave me a Chevy Equinox. <laughs> if they gave It'd be so goddamn funny. <laughs> It'd be so fucking funny. <laughs> if 
if this was the episode that they just gave you an equinox. <laughs> You're like, you're having Tim Keck on? Fuck, we got to get in on that. <laughs> got to check it out. <laughs> Would it be worth a car to you? Oh, man. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> just, oh. just a Kolb, come to the window. <laughs> come to the window. It has to be and for you. And, and okay, and you're you're on the second story. You open your window to the street. You look out, and it's every guest that you've had on the show this year standing out on the street, all dressed up in like caroling outfits. And yeah. we all are singing the end of like uh, whatever, uh, like some Christmas song. And then yeah. we all step out of the way, and there's a beautiful Chevy Equinox with a big red bow. Big on the bow hood. on it, absolutely. Uh, but it's great it's like that thing you know when oprah used to give out cars and then yeah. the families would be like crippled by the by like the taxes yes, or like yes. the gift tax or, yes. i don't know the specifics of it i just know that oprah's a monster i guess as a result I yeah don't know. yeah no, I oprah's mean, great why do i even was, say that why do i even joke was, about uh, that ellen's the monster that's i mean if we're if we have to pick one monster it's definitely ellen well, what have, you, what, what have you been driving lately, Tim? You said you got to drive while you were down in Florida. Oh, my God. I got to take for a, a – uh, try this one on for size, Colby. I was cruising around town in my dad's 2014 Toyota Highlander, Colby. Yes. Wow. Yes. Boy, it's a big car that handles like a slightly smaller car. Is there a backup camera? Sure. The technology was new at the time, so it's grainy, but it's all you need. It still runs. It still glides on the road. You can fit anything in it. We bought a grill today. It fit in the back. Whoa. This thing's incredible. Dude, there's something about, it's like the minivan thing. You know, you, you, you ever a minivan guy or anything like that? You ever I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we drove a, well, I hated driving it because it was so like bulky and the handling was so poor, but we yeah. had a 2000 white Dodge Grand Caravan Ooh. for a long i mean like well in i mean probably like 10 years yeah for our family it was the toyota sienna okay that was the the minivan of choice for our for our people and there were a couple times like in high school or college i had a truck and there was one like you know like a couple weeks where it was like in the shop and so i actually drove back to college with my my parents like truck and I went from having like two seats in a truck to just a bunch of seats in a van. And I instantly became the most popular kid in college. Like people <laughs> love having a friend with a big, with a big car. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah. all the seats. If we need to move something, you're a hero. If you're, if you're a guy with a truck, which I was, you get asked to move things all the time, mm. which I like to do. So it's fun. It's always fun for me. Like in the, to strap something down you gotta break out the bungee cords i have this like mat that like covers things i never get to use it unless i'm moving something it was awesome man i loved it but the minivan or the van or in this case i'm making the argument for the toyota highlander you've got all these seats you're not carrying things you're carrying people kolb and as we know that's the ultimate currency in life friendships and the people you meet along the way of your road dog journey that's exactly. I mean, one of the happiest times I can remember is like being a kid and for some reason driving, like riding in the back of like my granddad's pickup truck. And it was probably, it was honestly probably from the end of his driveway to the big street. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's probably all it was. But boy, did I feel just free. Like, dude, oh, it's a great feeling. 
the car is just it's a it's i feel like jack sparrow in the black pearl you know it's like you're, <laughs> you're a pirate and and a, a, a car you don't re- you don't if you're if you're listening to this now and you're like no you can't be, it's because you've been driving a car this whole time just imagine what your life would be like if you suddenly did not have a car and you had to like mm-hmm. take a bus figure out how public transit worked walk somewhere oh it's a nightmare dude mm-hmm. the freedom to just go wherever you want you, even yeah. if you don't actually go anywhere just knowing you could is next level knowing you could is incredible that you don't have to like pass through a system of like checks and balances to get somewhere you know what I mean? like not having to like yeah buy the train ticket hope you get a good seat like lugging it's the lugging your shit everywhere that i'm increasingly yeah annoyed by like just being able to throw stuff in a trunk and just carry it around is a oh it's a luxury that i didn't think i was worth i didn't think i (laughs) i had earned it or something but then it's just like no you just get it man just get it yeah it's it's incredible i remember i always just had like a bottle of water in there i always had like my baggies in there i always had like a beach towel in there because you never know what's gonna happen you're just always stuff in the car, you know? I always had a change, like an outfit that yeah. I could change. Yeah, there were just always things. I always had a snack in the car. Like, oh, man. Like, God. Winter's cool in New York because now you have the coat. Yes. And I feel like I'm, I love a good coat with some pockets. The coat There's is storage. Crucial. You can store things mm-hmm. on your person and you're fine. Over the Gap summer, I'm slipping issues, a backpack pen. around. Absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not on the backpack. Your aunt, your aunt, I feel like I need the ba- one thing Me too. to another, and all That's of a sudden I'm carrying around a backpack, and I want no part of it. I That's be how free, I feel. I be liberated. That's how I feel. You need it. You can't. You can't get away without it. You got like a, a, an umbrella, a, a little, a little notebook. Like you know, you need your shit around. Like <laughs> a charger for your phone. Yes. Your yes. retainer in case you spend the night somewhere. <laughs> Toothbrush, floss, a little bit of mouthwash. Oh yeah. Contact oh, solution, oh, extra case, my reading glasses. <laughs> a book. A beach towel, because I never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you got it, some rope, just in case. <laughs> in case you never know when you're going to need some rope. Those, those are always on my person, Kolb. A rope, duct tape, and zip ties. Yes. You know? <laughs> you never know when you're going to need to bind something together. WD-40 also is in my backpack. Yes. A pocket knife. In case I encounter a squeaky door. And it just will not shut up. <laughs> Dude, that's like one of my my like first things with like a new apartment. You know, mm-hmm. when you're going down the checklist, it's like such a simple thing. But like I just always get like a little thing of WD-40 and I yeah. lube everything up. And immediately it makes everything better. Absolutely. You know? That and the doorknobs. If you can tighten a loose doorknob. Oh man, there's just little little game changers that make you feel like like I have some control over my life. It's so worth it. And this is a segment that I think we should do going forward, Tim, which is yeah. is sort of like home DIY mm-hmm. tips. Yeah. Okay. I I feel like I've got some good ones for this. What 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 do you have anything like any ballparking stuff? The, I, I mean, mean the one I, the, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I feel like I'm just in the lap of luxury night light now, right now being in, staying in my parents' house and it's just, Oh, things are clean. Like I'm realizing how dirty I am as a human being. I've like been in this place for a week and the bathroom's disgusting already. And it's not like anything 
you know, I'm trying to do. It's just sure. me living here has somehow made the place worse than it was. You know, it's just like, when was the last time I vacuumed my apartment? Mm-hmm. When was the last time I washed my sheets? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's There's a standard time. of care that people put in in other places that I 100%. just don't have. I, I, remember, I remember vividly having, this, having a similar realization a couple summers ago when I worked at a, uh, like a, one of my preschool summer camps. And I real I, I uh, me and a couple other of the classrooms had access to like a uh, the, the the fridge on that floor it was like right next to our couple classrooms, and I was like, oh, like this will be great. Like I'll get some treats for in there. Like I'll get some like you know some like grapefruit juice for the morning, so like I can have something around that's like sweet but also like healthy. And then I was just like, I would never do this for myself. Ever. Like, I would never just buy grapefruit juice. <laughs> like, just like, I would never buy grapefruit or like a special cookie from Trader Joe's. Like, I would never do that because I didn't think I was worth it. <laughs> I was always like, ah, who are you trying to impress? Why are you trying so hard? The freaking Bic pen isn't good enough for you. What do you need a Muji for? <laughs> I mean, maybe that. Maybe it's that depressing. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not worth this thing. I mean, you just made me think about towels. Now that's my biggest one. Is like towels. You get a comfy towel. That's a game changer, man. Uh, and I was always like, you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine with things. You know what I realized is I'm, as I'm somebody who's very fine with like things. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get bothered by a lot of stuff. So it's like cool if I, you know, scrape the top layer of my skin off every time I get out of the shower. It's like okay, that's just the way things are. You know, yes. you just get comfortable with that. But then it's like, oh no, you could actually dry yourself and just feel like the warmth of just like a comfy thing giving you a hug in the morning. It's like, oh wow, this is a game changer. If you just up the ante on like small things, it makes all the difference in your me- in like your mental health and everything. It's a complete game changer it, for me. It totally, it totally changes the game. It, it makes a complete difference. And it's just like, even just the simple thing of like walking into your bedroom and just being like, Oh, this is kind of nice. <laughs> like, and not just feeling shame at what you've let it develop into is like, oh, it's an incredible gift. And it's one you can give yourself tonight. You know what? I think I was trying to think of a way to do a bit about this is how you should like treat your apartment like there's always a chance of you getting laid. Mm-hmm. You know how it's like. Like there's nothing, the only time guys clean their apartment is when there's a chance that they bring somebody home. Sure, yeah. It's like, but you could also, you're not as excited about this as I am, but (laughs) you don't agree. I'm with you, I'm with you. I'm giving you the platform. (laughs) Just the mad scramble when you know someone's coming over to like clean your apartment and it's like, but you could just do this all the time. But there are just days where you're just like, well, but no one's going to come over. No one's going <laughs> to see this. So why would I live better? Like I'm peacocking or whatever, like cleaning right. my apartment yeah. for the space. Like I will clean it for somebody else to think that it's clean all the time. No but dust I won't on just this live surface, that way, baby. You know? <laughs> and you feel better. You go into your room and you're <laughs> before you're going out, like on a Friday night or whatever, and you look around your room and I'm like, yeah, I could bring someone back home to this. And now you're out and you're at the bar and you're talking to somebody and you have like the confidence in the back of your mind. Like, yo, if she comes home with me right now, she's going to see a clean floor 
and a passable bathroom. Yes. That is a game changer mentally. Not enough like social uh 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 like no people are not talking about a clean apartment guy you know you got all no. kinds of you got all kinds of guys out there you got a reply guy you know you got a fuck boy but what you really need what you're what everybody is looking for at the end of the day is the confidence of a clean apartment guy yeah yeah i'd be curious to meet just the the just naturally clean straight dude and just who is it who is this guy what does he do for a living he that he vacuums every day like do you know any guy who just vacuum i guess i don't know anyone who vacuums every day <laughs> i'm thinking about it I don't know, i'm trying to make this a guy thing does anybody vacuum anymore what, what is it about vacuuming what do you do so with horrible? a vacuum like what is it it's horrible it's the worst thing i would dust like like hard to reach shelves way sooner than I would vacuum. Yeah. I would sweep before I vacuum. Yeah. I would yeah. definitely Swiffer before I vacuum. The I Swiffer think, is a dream. Oh, man. The Swiffer. Yeah, I mean. I love the Swiffer. It just shout glides out to on Swiffer. the floor. And, I, and let me just give a message to the listeners right now. If, if, and I'm not letting you off the hook by saying this, mm-hmm. but if there's really no way that you can make a Chevy Equinox happen for me this year, and that's a big if yeah i would accept a swiffer that's how much i love him okay well let me just say you're not getting a swiffer okay (laughs) okay i'm gonna tell you to lower your expectations just so we can surpass (laughs) them one Chevy Equinox, fuck that. Two Chevy Equinoxes. Two, baby. For my boy, Colby Smith. <laughs> Rock it up. You know what I did before? <laughs> this, I thought we were going to do the overtime show, but we're just- We are. And we're doing our new podcast. <laughs> Catching up with- Home cleaning. Cold. It's not yeah. even DIY. It's just <laughs> things around your house that you can clean. I, what I got now, which I think is a game changer- is electric toothbrush. I finally pulled the trigger. Yeah. On that an electric is good. toothbrush. Because I I hate to say it, but the the working from home thing might have thrown off my toothbrushing uh routine just mm-hmm. a little bit. There were a few too many times where I brushed after lunch because I forgot to before breakfast <laughs> or after breakfast. Yeah. You know, because I was used to showering, I brush my teeth, I go to work, I eat breakfast at work. But then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, but I can eat breakfast here. So I don't need to brush my teeth now. I'll brush after breakfast. But then I have breakfast and instinctively you don't brush. Yeah. And then it gets to lunchtime and you're like, damn, my mouth is rank. <laughs> and now I feel like I'm playing catch up. Now I need to compensate for those, those awkward mornings. Electric toothbrush, dude. This is, it's like going to the dentist. I was shocked <laughs> by how loud this thing is and the ferocity with which it shakes. Yes. My teeth were clattering in my mouth just with this. Thing. It's intense. It's really, it's like a, it's, it feels like a dentist. It feels like you're at the dentist. I can't even, it's, it's crazy, Cole. I feel like I unlocked something. Speaking of the dentist, I, for the longest time, you know, because electric toothbrushes, they've been around for, you know, most of my life. I've known about, it's not like I haven't known about them. Yeah. But for a long time, I was just like, oh, it's just like a 
gimmick or something. Like, I thought it was like some kind of trick, I guess, where I was just like, oh, I, I've got a toothbrush. It's like $3 at the Rite Aid. Like, I don't know what the big, like why everybody is clamoring about this toothbrush. They're and then, like the Chevy Equinox of oral hygiene. It's exactly. like, I know it's out there, but who cares? I but see who commercials, cares? who cares? And then little do you know, it's the greatest thing since butter on bread. It's like, well, I found out that they were dentist recommended. And I was like, yes, I was like, well, I'm listening. <laughs> but dentists are sluts, man. Dentists will do anything. Yeah, they just really their name on the box. They really are. Dude, I went find to, something that a dentist hasn't recommended I tell you on like, what, the toothbrushing aisle. I tell you what, I went to, uh, I went to, years ago when I was getting off of my parents' insurance finally, because uh, mm -hmm. uh, I was like turning 26 or whatever. I went to the dentist as like a as like a farewell as like a goodbye i was like a you know i got nothing Your lined swan up. song yeah exactly i was like i've got horrible teeth i should go one more time just to see what's going on they found a couple cavities that you know i had to go back for and get filled and everything but that dentist gave me advice it was like it came at the perfect time it was just like this is what you got to do you got to get an electric toothbrush you got to mouthwash every night and you got to <laughs> floss uh, and by the way, Damn. after you drink, after you drink acidic things like, like black tea or, or coffee, you should like take a little drink of water and swish it around so it doesn't stain. And I was just like, holy shit. And since that day, I have done all of those things more or less. <laughs> 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 Nothing like ending a story with more or less <laughs> really helps drive the point home. But yeah. Dental hygiene I, is I important. Yeah, I feel like I'm now, that's my moment. I've never had a cavity. I feel like my teeth have been pretty good. That's good. But just some, you know, midday mouth stank was just not, it was a new experience for me and one that I'm not going back to. So now I'm all in on the, on the flossing. Boy, the flossing thing used to just be a, you know, it was like, I don't know, like having a drink at home. You can't do it every night, but mm -hmm. it's nice on occasion. That was my flossing routine. Yeah. It's, now it's I'm it. all in on floss. It's, it's when I'm feeling a little bad. <laughs> I'll go feeling naughty. Man, <laughs> eh, maybe it's I'll floss tonight. You know what yeah. I never. How do? you doing, gums? Floss. <laughs> the dance, and then I do the dance in front of my mirror for like yes. twenty minutes. Hell yes. And the dentist is like, "Have you been flossing?" And it's like, "Hell yeah, baby." <laughs> my arms. Have you seen me on Fortnite? I floss all the time. Can you imagine that being a real conversation happening with parents nowadays where it's like, okay, before bed, you brush your teeth, you use your mouthwash, and then you floss. And there's kids who are actually like just doing the dance, like the flossing dance before they get to bed. It's like, oh God, I gotta, I gotta make sure I floss. My parents are always, <laughs> my parents are so mad if I don't floss. Oh, <laughs> uh, classic. Tim, we are a half an hour in. Should we start the show? Let's start the show. Are we going to start recording, Cole? <laughs> it was great. It's been great catching up with you, but yeah, uh, I'm in, I'm on Florida time, so I'm about three, four, five hours behind you, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna have to go to work eventually. Gotcha. Well, yeah, we should do it then. Uh, so let's. Uh, this is the overtime show. We talk about sports, esports, and the role of art in society. <laughs> We're gonna have to get through this uh, real quick now, Tim. I, I said before this that we should each kind of bring a sports story uh, to the table for this one. And I want to make mm -hmm. sure we start with yours uh, because I was reading the list today that you sent me of this piece that Tyler Hero 
wrote, uh, or it's, I guess it seems like he dictated it into a voice memo on his phone and then had someone type it up is probably more likely what happened. I'm not incredibly familiar with the Players' tri- Tribune. I feel no. like it is generally, <clears throat> generally, there's nothing more, in- uh, there's nothing less interesting than an actively playing player in any sport. Mm. They're like not, not interesting. They're still trying to get money. They have a bunch of endorsements. Yeah. Like they are not interesting people. And the Players' Tribune is just like writing, I'm putting like air quotes with my fingers from like these athletes who are not necessarily, you know, gone professional in journalism. So, like, these articles are real hit or miss, I think. And you're right. It sounds like Tyler Hero dictated this to somebody through a series of voicemails left on their phone. Yes. Uh, But it's a list of 14 things I learned in year one. And I think there's, like, a lot of these. A lot of these players come out with, like, things I learned in this, top five guys I ever guarded, top Mm. people I've ever played against, whatever it is. And they're kind of fun. Yeah, I thought it was great that this Tyler Hero kid did it because we think the world of him. It's Miami Heat fans. We're all in on this kid. He had some big games in the playoffs. He was awesome. And he just listed some tips. I think there's a lot to dissect here. But, I mean, going through it, he, he's talking about uh, – well, for one, I thought of you because at one point he does like a shout-out. He's listing like these different bullets and things, and one of them is shout-out to League Pass. I- and he says on this – like I might key, he's listing the players that he watches on this. And the first one he lists, like I might key in on book who I've basically been modeling my whole approach after this guy worships at the, at the, at the Booker church, dude. Yes. Your dude, the rising sun, the rising himself. sun, Devin Booker, my guy, he was robbed. He should have been all NBA. <laughs> should have been all NBA. Luca's uh, like the best all-around guard in Harden, the best pure scorer in the league. I don't think this is like controversial stuff, but it's interesting to see who this guy is like thinking about and like modeling his game after. I am so glad that you thought of me on this particular point uh, because, again, the uh, the um, article is 14 Things I Learned in Year One by Tyler Hero, and number five's title is Shout Out to League Pass. one of the things i learned as a rookie in the nba shout out to league pass (laughs) he just loves being able to watch game surprisingly a professional nba player loves watching the nba i know i also love this thing in this one where he says uh i just want to read it because it's so funny to me and again this guy is 19 years old Okay. okay, this one I loved. I actually think this is hilarious. One thing people forget is how I'd already been on pause for a minute dealing with an ankle injury by the time COVID hit. And just with being stuck at home, not traveling with the team and all that, man, I hated being away from the game. So I started watching a bunch of league pass to get my basketball fix. All right, yeah, like I'm with this. Like this makes complete sense to me. Then he goes, and it's funny because I turn on the TV and in my head I'm thinking like, all right, time to just kick back and watch a game or two. You know, relax for a few hours, see what's up around the league. But that's just not how I'm wired. <laughs> I'm wired to compete, even when I'm on the couch in a walking boot. So I might start out surfing league pass or whatever, but pretty soon that would turn me into keying in on a few specific players I like to study. And then he mentions the couple people and then he closes it out by saying, and I just watch them do their thing. And I'd take these mental notes. I'd try to see the game flow from these other perspectives. End of item. 
leaves it there hanging like an implicit threat <laughs> and then moves on to number six, biking laps is a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> these are so dumb and these guys can't help but like flex while they're doing it. It's so funny to me. That's not the one I, I okay. Well, I did, I did think of that one. The one that I thought was super funny for when he's 19 and found incredibly relatable is when he like when he's first in the league, he's in summer league. Yeah. And the guys are like, after after the games, they're like, cool, you want to go out to dinner? And he he's like 19, like fresh out of high school or college. And he's like, uh, are we allowed to like leave the hotel? And yeah. Guys, yeah. And guys just like rip him apart for it. Like, dude, you were a grown ass man. You were playing, basically playing in the NBA. <laughs> you can do whatever you want, man. And I definitely felt that, man. I felt that in my bones at 19. I, oh, man. I, I feel like that is like, that's like one of the first things. Like It's either the first or second bullet that he like talks about on this list. And it just, that, it humanized him to me in a way. Because like, the snarl is like what went viral in like the playoffs right it's like the tyler hero snarl it's like he's this like yeah he's this like young like hot-headed guy he's like a little shithead like he's like messing with these guys who are like all like way more experienced and like better than him um but that moment of him just like being an idiot (laughs) like (laughs) it just really it really humanized him for me in a way that i appreciated and then i just the article in general just as a heat fan I don't know if this is stuff he plans, but it's like, it's all the stuff that I want. He gives me all the feels and like, they talk about like heat culture, like heat culture is the thing. It's about hustle and hard work. And he just talks about how Jimmy Butler is like the hardest worker in the room, which is exactly what I believe. And I want to believe, and I'm, I'm all in on that. And he talks about who, how Donis Haslam being there is like the veteran presence they need. And it's like, so important essential that they have this guy who's been with the team for like 20 seasons now and he talks about how coach spo just knows what to do and they're they're in the playoffs or they're in the finals or they're in like the the eastern conference finals and coach spo is just calm cool and collective and he's been here before i mean he's won rings before and he's just talking to them like we can do this we can 100 percent beat the bucks yeah I know they're the best team in our conference but we match up well with them and we will destroy them and and we're we're going to go to the finals, and it's like this is great. This is exactly it. Just it just it just tickled every every fan bone in my body. I this article. I completely agree. There's there's a point in where he's talking about Jimmy Butler, and he's like he's like Jimmy Butler works the hardest on a team of people who refuse to be outworked. And I was yes. like, that got me so fired up. I was like, yes, let's fucking go. Let's go right now. Let's get what's ours. God, and he was so amazing in the finals in a way yeah. that I don't think I, – I didn't think he was capable of. And you know what was fascinating to me about that too, which uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how deep in the weeds you want to get, I guess. By but talking about like the bubble versus like the regular season, the, it, it felt like the level of play in the NBA bubble was like so high and reading about it and like hearing from these players and things, it sounds like it's because they weren't traveling anywhere. Like they just ate, yeah. slept, and they were just around the thing and they didn't have to deal with traveling and they could go right to rehab and they had their routines and they just, they had nothing else to do but focus on the game. And I think that probably contributed to the Miami Heat success for sure. Yeah. Because of that, that culture thing. And it probably contributed to Jimmy Butler going off 
in two huge finals games, dropping like career high in points and just like carrying the team to wins mm. in like epic performances. Uh, but then the, the flip side of that, which I find fascinating is like, he's not a guy that I ever thought would reach those heights, but he did, but he was only able to do it like on an every other game basis. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it just made me have so much more respect for a guy like LeBron James or somebody who is able to carry a team like on consecutive, like back-to-back nights. Like he was going, Jimmy Butler was going head to head with LeBron in like two big games in the finals. And then it was ended up being heat wins, but he was putting up like LeBron James playoff stat lines. Like in those games, like his absolute peak was like, just eking out LeBron James, who turns in that same performance like every single game. I don't know. It made me so much it, – it, it, my heart grew three sizes for Jimmy Butler, and my respect grew ten sizes for LeBron James. It's fascinating, man. I totally feel that. I, I, I think, like, that point you made about the not traveling thing and it just being, like, this concentrated focus on – exclusively basketball for you know however long that the teams were the various teams were in the bubble it's like and this is maybe getting into it's bleeding a little bit into our world of art and society segment which is just Mm -hmm. like everyone talks about like oh like you know like bands who have like long careers or artists who have long careers it's like why don't why don't the albums get better you know what i mean like they've been doing it they've been doing it for longer like shouldn't they be getting better every time and it's like well, no, like the albums at the beginning are the best because that's when it's just the guys in the band all sharing the, like the same bus, like the same hotel room, like because they can't afford to like do it too big or like be separated. Like they have to be on top of each other by necessity at that point. And like that's when you're going to get the best stuff when like everybody's on the same wavelength. They're all kind of like eating, breathing and sleeping their career, like the album they're making at that point. And I've yeah. never heard it like, this is the only time in professional sports that we've gotten any kind of analog to that, which is just like, these guys were all in one place. They were all staying at the same resort. They were playing on the same floor back to back every night. And like, you would see too, a lot of the players from the other teams were just like in the stadium, just like watching the games go down. Like it's such a special thing to have happened. And it just made such a really unique, unique, like sports watching. I mean, and sports playing experience. It's super interesting, and uh, yeah, I mean, and piggybacking off of that point, like maybe the games would just be better if they were doing this like weird compound living thing. But that's not a sustainable thing for a ton no, of reasons. No. Like, and also like money wise, like the business and the fans getting to see their the players and performing their city, like all of the things that make basketball fun are also standing in the way of it being, like, the best it can possibly be. Yeah. You know? Like, if, if bubble basketball is, like, the highest level of basketball we've seen in like a couple years, I think, like, we're not going to have that this year, you know? No. Or maybe we will. I mean, uh, you know, Mark Cuban on, on Bill Simmons' podcast was talking a little bit about that and how this season they're, they're doing, like, they're not doing bubbles, but they're going to do, like, a circuit, like, in Florida, you know, where somebody plays – the Tampa Raptors and the Orlando magic and the Miami heat. And then goes up to Atlanta and like, just kind of stays in that little circle mm. so that at least the travel is lessened. So maybe right. we'll see a trend in that direction, uh, which I think would be good. I think it'd be good for the league to get these guys as much rest as possible. And, and well, especially because this, this league, the season is starting up so soon 
after the end of the previous season. Yeah. Yeah. These guys, we're going to see a lot of resting. We're going to see a lot of coasting. I mean, the Lakers especially. Like, man, they, they've, they've really, like, stacked themselves up. They're ready for the playoffs. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be a lot of guys just co- – and the Brooklyn Nets are another one where it's like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have nothing to prove during the regular season. Yeah. They're just yeah. going to be biding their time trying to make it to the playoffs and to, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we finish the season. Hopefully everything's okay. Maybe we can get fans back in the stands by the end of the season. I don't know. That seems like kind of a a little far out there, but who knows, man? Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it's, if, if the capacity is light enough, you know, like if, if who, who can say what happens by the time this ends in the next like several months, you know, it's like the timeline is so unclear for, for stuff like that. It's hard to say, but I hope so. I mean, you know, we're talking a little bit about how it's like, one of the, like all oh, the traveling is like keeping it from being the best at like at the highest level it can be, but it's like you still want it's there's still an aspect of it that's like a traveling circus in a way where it's just like it's like these guys taking their thing from town to town uh right. so people can see it, which is like that aspect that aspect of it I feel like um it is like something to be preserved as well um yes but uh yeah if but it sounds like they're like trying to like find a balance between those two things this year just so to 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 keep it at that at that middle ground yeah i agree did you have your thing i'm well, so anxious i know we're tight on time i just i just feel like the overtime show i mean it's the it's the it's the tricycle man we've got three <laughs> big topics we got to hit all three of them colby i'll be <laughs> devastated if we don't well, I wanted to ask you um, about a thing that we were talking about in our basketball group thread the other day, which is yeah. this 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 tear that Bill Simmons went on about the player empowerment era and whether that's like ultimately good or bad for the league or if that question like even matters really. And to give people context, um, Bill Simmons' uh, point essentially was that the danger of players jumping from teams – to teams so frequently like more frequently in the past is that people root for players and not teams and I just I don't know if that I don't, that, that didn't quite strike me as true like I have my favorite players like I'll follow I'll, like I never really thought about the Lakers before LeBron went there as a team that I like personally felt invested in um but obviously like like I I, I feel like the NBA and maybe this is just my anecdotal experience, but is like the least geographically rooted fan base. Like obviously people root for the hometown team, but I feel like you see a lot more like hopping around of teams in the NBA than you do in like baseball, for example, where like so many more cities have teams. What's your impression of that? I think basketball is way more star driven Mm-hmm. than the other big sports like baseball is like almost exclusively a regional thing right yeah like you grow up going to the stadium your family's from there like that's that's what you have football even you know like I'm, i've been cursed with new york jets fandom because that's what my dad watched and that's what his dad watched you know like that's where he grew up i didn't grow up there but i grew up watching it like that just seems to be like a big part of the thing. You root for the team, you know, because the players don't last that long, you know, mm-hmm. like you root for a player and he's gone in the NFL. He's gone after like five <laughs> years, maybe. I don't know. Also, who do you root for? The guy who throws the ball or the guy who catches the ball? Like right. whatever. Also, you hate these people because when they lose, it's their fault. Like it just, it just seems so, so tense in those sports. Whereas like LeBron James is a celebrity. He's doing movies. Mm-hmm. Shaquille O'Neal was like, did steal and Kazam. Like these guys are, our personalities you see their faces there's only five of them on the court at a time 
like they're the stars of the show. So totally. if you like a team, you love these guys, you know the names of everyone on the roster because it's it, there's just less people on these teams. You have a stronger relationship with them. So I think nowadays, kids growing up, if you are a kid, regardless of whether or not you're a fan of the Golden State Warriors, you might buy Seth Curry's shoes. Steph Curry's shoes. Yeah. Seth Curry, Seth Curry doesn't have any shoes, and he probably shouldn't. LeBron, LeBron James, you're buying some Derrick Rose shoes, even though you're not a Chicago fan or whatever. Like, I, I agree. I think it's – I think well, I think it's mostly – I think it's way more oriented towards, <laughs> oriented towards stars. Totally. I think kids love the stars. I think it's all about the individual players. And I get what Bill Simmons is saying. Like, ideally, Luka Doncic stays with the Dallas Mavericks yeah. for his entire career. It's cool that Giannis is staying with the Bucks. Like, yeah. that stuff's great. At the same time, like, I don't think they should be preventing players from doing anything. But totally. I think they should be providing as much incentive as possible, you know, for players to stay. Like, give them bigger contracts. Give them longer contracts. Maybe do something where their contract doesn't count as much towards like the cap or like the mm. salary cap as it would if they just signed a free agent, you know, like LeBron James has done this thing where he's bounced from three teams. He's won with three teams and that puts him like in an elite class. I think he's the only one who's ever done that actually. Uh, but the you know second who person who doesn't, that? isn't going to be nearly as cool. You know who else has done that? One with three different teams. Who? Danny green. That's true. <laughs> That's true. In the Dude, upper he, echelons, it's LeBron and Danny Green. Big gap, everyone else. <laughs> Danny Green. Oh, man. Yeah, the number – I want to know who has, like, the most – is Danny Green have the most rings of, like, you know, like, fifth starters? Like, who's the yeah. most successful, like, sixth man in the league that like, is, ring-wise? That, man, that's a, good, that's a good pitch for an article. That'll be my article. That'll be my Players' Tribune article. Yeah. We, <laughs> we all got to start getting some articles. All right. Let's move yeah. on to eSports. What have you been, you been gaming it. at all lately, Tim? Oh, no. What did 2020 look like in gaming for you? Well, I've been, I've been playing a lot of, like, uh, solo stuff. For well, yeah. Reason. I just beat God of War. I like the games I mean, where I'm yeah. just kind of, like, sucked into a world. Because I'm I'm bad at video games, so if it's a contest with somebody, I just embarrass myself, you know? Like, I was playing Fortnite for a minute just so I could connect with, like, old college buddies and people that are out of town or whatever. And then I would just play Fortnite. I would get destroyed by, like, children. And mm -hmm. then I'm just – it's a nice way to catch up. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know, like playing cards or something. Like, you don't care about winning or losing. It's like a thing to do while you hang out. It's the bowling. It's like yeah. Fortnite. It's like going to the bowling alley. It's like an activity. <laughs> Uh, but I crushed God of War. I crushed like Horizon Zero Dawn. Did like Spider Man. Oh, I don't even know yeah. how soon these were. But uh, a few games that are coming out, like on the new PlayStation, which is like got me shook. I don't know if I'm going to go for it. What about you, Cole? You've been you've been gaming hard. You thinking about gaming? Last thing, last game I played was Among Us, the iPhone game. You you know Among Us? I've heard of it with the little guys who go around. And little like, guys. It's a cooperative AFC game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, yeah, there's a small group of you. You're all on a spaceship. You all have these tasks to do around the spaceship. But one person is the traitor, and that person's job is to kill everyone else on the team. Oh. Uh, and it's really fun. It was a good team building uh, game. Um, I don't know how much I'm going to keep playing it uh, through, but it was definitely, <laughs> it was definitely worth the like afternoon that I did it at work. <laughs> 
But uh, as far as new consoles go, you know, I'm probably more, ex- I'm most excited about the PS5. I have kind of like, by default, gone to the PlayStation side of the uh, PlayStation Xbox rivalry, just like, just because the, the systems have tended to be more versatile, I have found in the past, like, with like playing Blu-rays and like having like apps and that kind of thing. I've generally had more success with the PS4. It was a more, f- uh, the, uh, the Sony products have like a fuller experience, I have found. Um and now that Xbox doesn't even like have Halo, really, it's like I don't know why. Right. Why w- that's their tentpole franchise? It feels like the world has swung towards PS4. I I don't know. I haven't seen a single Xbox game like exclusive game where I'm like, oh my god, I have to have that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, it's just all the PlayStation games seem cool, but it seems like all the things coming out with the new one are like reboots of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know. Like, which Agreed. I'm like, okay, cool. I want some original stuff. But also, I don't know if I'm going to buy this new PlayStation. Are you going to spend 500 bucks on this PlayStation now? When I have a PlayStation 4 that like still works great. I mean, I haven't had a single problem with it. It's awesome. There's like still some older games on there that I haven't played. Yeah. Like, I'm going to milk this for another year or two, I think. Yeah, I feel that. I'm definitely not going to be lining up to get to get one but you know we'll we'll see we have five minutes left which is the perfect amount of time to talk about the role of art in society that's how we roll baby i have a clip this is fran lebowitz talking in the documentary public speaking let's hear Are it you free brooklyn's fran lebowitz i wish dude <laughs> here she is to require someone to turn out masterpieces is psychotic you know i mean you know to say things like a fitzgerald's only one great book Yo, I mean, really? And how many do most people write? You know, most writers who write a million books don't write even one good book. You know, so I'm not saying that it's not an incredibly valuable thing to have done. I mean, Toni Morrison's new book, you know, is, I think, her best book. You know, she's 76. I think there's an idea that has to do really with people's idea of artists that has nothing at all to do with art, but just people's, a romantic idea of the artist. So a romantic idea of the artist has to be young because no one has a romantic idea of an old person. So an interesting kind of counterpoint to what we were talking about earlier in terms of like a band's like first years being the best because it's this density, it's this concentrated effort, everybody's on the same wavelength kind of thing. But is that maybe, as is there anything going on with that, you know, that there's like what Fran is talking about is, is it just our perception of a band's young years being romanticized or do we, should we really kind of open our eyes to the stuff they've got to offer us later in the game? I think it's, it's like the constant evolution of the individual and then the art they're creating, right? Like nobody wants to draw the same kind of art or the same kind of pictures all the time. And some people just can't like LeBron James to bring it back to basketball. It's a great example of a guy who used to just like bully into the lane and throw the ball down with force. And sure he can still do that. But the dude went from averaging five assists a game to like double digit assists all of last season he's just playing the point guard for LA which is crazy there's only like a handful of players in the history of basketball who could be doing what he's doing and just completely shift positions that way it's so cool it's the coolest thing I think it was the most fun to watch LeBron when he was in with the heat with Dwayne Wade and they're just throwing lobs to each other constantly and he's just slamming the ball down but he's like kind of a better basketball player now yeah it's changed but you depending on what you value you can pick it at any point the thing with like bands and like that's their debut album, it's like that's the thing that got us to fall in love with them, you know? Right. We caught them at a moment. And that moment isn't gonna come again. They might try and recreate it again, but it's gonna be a little bit different. And we're either gonna go on the journey with them or, you know, they're gonna start doing things that we don't like as much. 
Yeah, I think that's, that's true. Yeah, I think it's that that's simple. The, that's the thing that puts him on the map, you know, like the Ron White thing. You ever hear about his, like, you know, Ron White, like the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, and he came out with, like, his first album, which had, like, his tater salad bit on it. And that was, like, the shit he'd been doing for, like, 10 years on the road. Like, that was his act. That was his life. At the time, it was, like, his whole career was put into this one hour. Right. And then he puts it out. He blows up. Comedy Central's like, hey, in six months, can you do it again? And he's like, but, but that was my... That was my life's work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, what do you do? And then the next album's not as good, and then you don't think about Ron White again, you know? But it's like, does that mean he's not a better comic now? I don't know. Now he's been performing longer. I don't know enough about Ron White, but, you know, that's yeah. what I think. What do you think, Cole? I don't know. It's very hard to evaluate the quality of, like, of, of stuff when you're bringing so much expectation to it, you know? It's like, yes. I have my ideas about the way this band should sound, if they push that a little bit, I'm like, ah, oh, new step, amazing. If they push it too far, which who knows what too far is, I'm just like, ah, oh, no, this isn't how my band sounds. Like, <laughs> but uh, it, it's, I think part of it is like, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, well, time going by is the only time to, is the only way to really judge something is when you're removed from the context. But other times I'm just like, a, a, t a thing should speak to the context it comes out in you know what i mean like like i don't know if, if it's really fair to demand every work to be timeless you know what i mean like right i, I don't know if it is like i remember blink 182 used to really speak with me right and now i don't know how much i some ways i relate to it more than i ever did and in other ways it's like this is not for me anymore right you and know? that doesn't mean Work that they sucks. weren't great i know i understand that now yeah yeah it doesn't mean that they weren't great at the time you know what i mean like just because it's different now it doesn't mean they weren't actually great before i don't know i agree it was like exactly what we needed at that time it was the right place right time right music and it spoke to a whole generation of kids and if that album or if that same band dropped the same album nowadays, I'd pretty sure I'd be like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, I don't need this you know? right now. Yeah, I don't need this. Yeah. But, but that's it. Yeah. That's the overtime show, baby. There we go, baby. We did it. We pulled it off. Another and, one. And a little extra today. <laughs> Ooh, a little extra spice. Uh, Tim, this is one of my favorite things to do in the world is record this show with you. I'm so happy you could come back. Uh, People should listen to Come At Me Show, obviously. It's the funniest oh, wow. shit you'll ever fucking hear. <laughs> oh, thank you. And uh, anything thank else? Uh, podcast, Come At Me Show. You mentioned that uh, at Tim Keck Forever on social. And then that's pretty much it, you know? Follow my, uh, my trails in Florida. I took a very awkward family photo the other day that I'm excited to share on Instagram. So keep <laughs> your eyes posted for that. I also, Amazon fucked up and sent uh, a face mask like scrub to my house so at some point i will be applying that to my face nice i can't wait to see it folks i've been colby smith this has been the overtime show slash young persons radio we will see you in the new year take care everybody and happy holidays bye tim out